Oh, it's, it's good to be around people that are, that are Christians this morning. If you have your Bibles, we'll be in the book of Acts, uh, chapter 5. Uh, the book of Acts, chapter 5. And uh, I think I'll just uh, have us read one verse while we stand. Uh, chapter 5, verse 29. If you would, please stand when you get to that verse. Acts chapter 5, verse 29, the Word of God says this, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We, obey, we ought to obey God rather than men. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank You for Your Holy Spirit. We thank You for the time that You've blessed us with and that we've been together already, Lord Father. We pray that we've done all things according to Thy will. And uh, Lord, I just pray that You'll continue to help us, continue to direct us and we thank You for our home in heaven. We thank You for the Scripture that's been impressed upon our hearts. And Lord, now we just pray that You'll hide us behind the cross, use us as a willing vessel. And I pray, Lord, that we'll continue to do the will of You, Lord Father, the will that You've told us to do, the things that You've instructed us as Christian people to join together here in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Now we want to take a little bit of time in Acts chapter 5. If you... If you've read Acts up to chapter 5 and you sort of understand where we're getting at, Acts is a beautiful book to read because it's the beginning of the church. Now, I, I like to look at Acts, especially up to chapter 5, of, of some of the just the plain miracles and just miraculous things that happen. Now, I, I can't really fathom in my mind. You might be able to, but I can't. I can't fathom uh, understanding that Peter preached a, a gospel as simple as Peter preached it. Now, uh, a lot of us, uh, we hear you know, eloquent speakers and we hear preachers that just uh, really drive it home and help us to understand. But Peter's message uh, of Christ being born and crucified and rose again uh, was a very simple message. And, and understanding that 5,000 souls, 3,000 souls uh, throughout his different messages uh, were saved those days, Blows my mind. Uh, now, I, I've got to go up to the Billy Graham Library, and you may not understand who Billy Graham is. He's not my, he's not my age group, and I didn't understand who he was until I went to his library in North Carolina. And I got there and I toured it and it had a stage of him up on top of it preaching, I believe it was, in, in, in Korea somewhere. And, and it was just, a, just miles of people that you couldn't see uh, hard of the number of who the, how many were there. And it blew my mind to be able to understand that he had the opportunity uh, almost to go to a whole country and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, still, I, I can't fathom it, and I can't understand uh, uh, some of the things up to chapter 5 that go on. Now, we understand up the, the beginning of Acts, uh, we have uh, uh, the Holy Spirit in the upper room as a mighty rushing wind. We have uh, uh, Peter preaching the first message. Uh, uh, we have uh, all these people added to the church. Uh, uh, there's Scripture that shows us that the people sold all that they had and, 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 and donated it to the church, and, and, and they had enough to supply their own Themselves, uh, uh, just by being together and loving one another. It's just amazing what happened. And at the beginning, at the end, excuse me, of chapter 4, uh, as picking up in chapter 5, we have a certain man named Ananias. Now, uh, we're taking a little turn in Scripture when we get to Ananias and Sapphira in chapter 5. Uh, Ananias and Sapphira, if you know the story, uh, they had a portion of property and they sold it. And it doesn't say what they sold it for, I don't believe. Uh, uh, but it says that they kept back a certain part of it and gave a certain part of it 
it to the church. And, and that's not a big deal in today's ideas, but in these ideas, uh, uh, they tried to portray that they gave everything that they got. Uh, uh, they lied to the church and said, we got $5,000. Uh, uh, here's here's $5,000, when in reality they got $10,000 or, or what have you. And they lied to the church, they lied to the Spirit. And you read uh, the beginning of chapter 5, uh, and you read up until I believe it's verse 10, uh, uh, you'll find that when Ananias went in and he lied, uh, he was struck dead immediately. And when Sapphira followed him up a few hours later, she walked in and lied, and the Spirit struck her dead immediately. Now to understand up to this point some of the amazing things that happened, uh, we get to chapter 5 and we read through uh, verse 10, and we have a new thing to understand. Now before, the church has just been happy go It's been happy. It's, a, it's been good times. Ain't nobody been struck dead yet. <laughs> Y'all hear me, church? Ain't nobody been struck dead that we have in the church house until we get to chapter 5, verse 10. And now every church in this country likes to speak happiness, uh, likes to preach uh, a boldness, uh, likes to preach uh, love within the church. And hey, that's what the church was founded on. <coughs> but we get to chapter 5 and we read through verse 10. Now we have a note of caution. Now we have a note that, hey, when we come to the church house, uh, it's a serious place. It's a place of love. It's a place to <coughs> be together, to share all things common. But it's also a holy place. We get to verse 10 and we understand it's a holy place. Let the people beware. This isn't something that we come to as a country club. It isn't something that we come to as a party house. It isn't something we come to that we fill our bellies full. This is a place that we should adore, we should beware of, we should love beyond anything that we can love. Now it picks up in verse 11. It says, And a great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And it says this, And of the rest there's no man join himself to them. Uh, but the people magnified them. Uh, what we have is we have a, a note of caution, and then we follow it up with, uh, hey, uh, the people today need to realize that without durst no man, they, they didn't dare join them of fear. They looked upon them and what they preached, and they were a little bit afraid. They highly regarded them, uh, but they had great respect of what they did. Hey, the church house today has lost a, a certain sense of respect in today's society. It has. I, I don't care what you think this church does or how you do it differently. Uh, society, a lot of this uh, community, looks at the church differently than they've ever looked at it before. Uh, a lot of respect has been lost. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people in this community that doubt. Uh, I believe that this church does the things that it needs to do. There is doubt that they look at this and they look at the news and they see all the horrible things going on in, in different denominations. They see <coughs> all the other horrible things going on in our uh, beliefs. So the people look at us as almost a joke. They do just in my lifetime. I believe in my lifetime transition, the church has become something that was somewhat respected to, Excuse me this morning. There's something that is not respected. I like how we get to verse 14 though. They had great respect. They had uh, these two people that was knocked down and killed. Beware, respect the house of God. But we get to verse 14. And something that shows up multiple times in the book of Acts. It says, And believers were more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women. So, 
<coughs> let's understand, we have a little small progress report that pops up a lot in the book of Acts. It pops up and says, lots of people believed, lots of people were added. It says that over and over and over. You get these progress reports uh, uh, popping up. And I like the thought process of, of the physician Luke when he's writing this. Uh, uh, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. He's educated. And, and the Lord's leading him to keep popping these in here. And I believe the point of that is, is to understand everything is going good according to the will of God. Everything is going the way that it should. Hey, church house today, sometimes we need to just be told, hey, everything is going good in the church house today. Over and over, this, this similarity of this scripture pops up uh, just to remind the people that are reading this, uh, hey, everything's a-going according to plan. Everything is... I, you know, if we backed up as a people... Now, a lot of times, if we only look at our church, we lose sight of exactly what God is doing in the world. If we only look at our church, uh, we won't really see what He's doing. Now, if we back up and we just talk to some of our surrounding churches, uh, we might be able to see some other things that God is doing. But when we really think, now think of this church. God is everywhere. God is all over this entire world. This planet that we call earth, He is everywhere. He's over the oceans. He's over the lands. He's on top of the mountains. He's down in the valleys. He's with the indigenous people that's never heard any other language than their own. He is with those people. He is with missionaries all over this world spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, for us to back up and really think <coughs> about what is going on in this world, it should bring you great joy. If we back up and truly understand that hundreds of souls were saved today. Y'all realize that? That hundreds of souls, if not thousands of souls, were saved today. Do y'all realize that? Did y'all know that hundreds if not thousands of souls were baptized today? Do y'all know that churches were built and started today? Did y'all know that wells were dug to supply people with water so that they could survive and go to a place and worship God today? Did you know that people are taking communion today? That people are professing Jesus today? Hey, it ain't just within these walls of this church that God is working to understand God is winning and He's winning every day. And not just within this county or this state. And praise the Lord, I believe He is in this state and this county. But He is world over. He's winning souls. We get a progress report here that pops up. And I'm glad to know to tell you a progress report is God's still working. Today, the church is on a mission. God's on a mission today. The church house right now today, hopefully you, I pray to God that you are on a mission. And the mission is, I don't want to get into the, the Great Commission, but the, the, the mission is, is to see souls saved. Yeah. The, the mission is, is to see people turn from their wicked ways and to profess faith in Jesus Christ, to believe and repent and be saved. Yeah. Uh, praise the Lord. That's the whole mission of the church. And we see it right here as a progress report. And then we get on into verse 15 and 16, insomuch that they brought them forth into the sick. Now, I've, I have said this a lot, and I don't read this scripture very often, but I have said this a whole lot of times because there is power in this piece of scripture. It says right here in 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets, laid them on beds and couches, that they at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Now, Peter's shadow, and oh man alive, I love it. Peter's shadow. 
was healing people. Now this is the beginning of the church age. This is the beginning of the Jews. The Bible says the Jews required a sign. They needed a sign to truly believe who Jesus was. And they sure enough got a sign. They had Peter, which is not Jesus Christ, praise the Lord, but it's Peter walking through just the streets that his shadow cast upon them would heal them. And it doesn't say that the, some of them were healed. It doesn't say that the, some of them quit coughing when Peter came by. It doesn't say Peter uh, flipped a blanket out at them doing something hocus pocus. It doesn't say Peter took up an offering uh, that they may be saved. It says that Peter walked by and all that were sick were healed. It wasn't no TV, a gospel preaching where somebody was waving uh, their suit jacket on top of folks uh, and rows of people falling over. Hey, this was the real deal. Uh, they didn't need no craziness. Uh, they didn't need no music to make it any different. They just needed the Spirit of God. And that was it. The Spirit of God being on Peter. Now, Peter's shadow became equivalent to touching the hem of Jesus' garment. Do y'all realize that? Yes, a shadow was just as powerful as the hem of Jesus' garment. Now we preached that not too long ago. It just, took those, it just took that first step to get to that hem of that garment, I believe. And I believe it wasn't just the shadow of Peter that healed those people. It was just the belief in Jesus Christ that Peter was following a man that they could trust in. And I don't believe for one time, I don't believe one time Peter exalted himself. I don't believe one time Peter exalted any other uh, apostle that was with him. There was no other time, there was no other person that Jesus ever exalted other than Jesus Christ. Didn't ask for no money, didn't ask for no music to be played. It was pure Jesus. I'm glad that the first church, hey, they only needed Jesus. And the church today, we only need Jesus. We only got to have belief in Him. Boy, we try to add so much to the gospel. And one of these days I'll get to preach a Jesus and message, but I, I just ain't been, I ain't been shown that there's anything other than Jesus and anything else. On, I'm glad it's just Jesus. Now, Peter, he didn't have no doubt. He didn't, have, he didn't take no credit. He didn't have no showmanship. He didn't have no a psychosomatic healing. This was a apostolistic pos healing. This was real. They were healed every one. Verse 17. It says, Then the high priest rose up, and all that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. Now, I don't know if y'all have a big old uh, dictionary for a brain, but I don't know what indignation means. Y'all might, but I don't. I looked up the Greek, because I don't like to look up English words. Uh, the Greek word there is zelos. Now, zelos means heat. They had a fire got within them. They got, in the English terminology, in old Zach Stone way, they got hot. They got mad. They got angry. They got envy within themselves with what was going on. It wasn't just, a, hey, the indignation. That's tough. They got hot at what was going on. Now, I'd like to ask the church, and I don't want you to respond, but just think about this. Why were they hot? Why did they get angry? Let's understand what's going on. Uh, Peter, people are being healed. Y'all realize that? There are people that have sicknesses and the Sadducees see them healed and they got angry. We see people that have no hope get hope and they got angry. People that couldn't walk, they could walk. And praise the Lord, what did the Sadducees do? They got angry. I don't understand the anger that was stirred up in their hearts. Well, I do. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But... They got angry. 
Can y'all even fathom that? A people that's supposed to lead a certain people, supposed to love them, build them up, be deciphers of the law? They got angry. Satan was losing a hold on people's life. People were being saved. The Sadducees were mad. They were receiving signs. Do y'all realize this? They were receiving signs that they were looking for. (laughs) Do y'all realize that? They were receiving, they were getting what they were looking for and they got angry about it. The Sadducees deliberately hated anything about Jesus. They deliberately organized hated everything about Him. Now, I just don't get it. I, I guess if I place myself back a little 2,000 years ago and I was of a high-ranking office within the temple and I knew that a man came and fulfilled the law and my job was over, my job was done, uh, this is how I made my living by working in the temple, I, I guess maybe I could see a little bit of a reasoning. But they were born, they were raised, they were of the family of the Levite order and they, they seen what they were looking for for thousands of years. And they got mad. You know, they got mad enough to kill Jesus, by the way. I don't know if y'all realize that. They got mad enough, they got mad enough they wanted to do away with him. Now, they got so mad in verse 18. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in a common prison. Now, what the Sadducees here had thought that they would take these old disciples, they had been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, which they didn't want to have none of that. They'd put them in a prison. That'll make them quiet. And then in the morning, we'll get together and we'll kill them. Do y'all realize what they was going to do? Now, the, the Scripture kind of reads that it doesn't later, but they did. Uh, they planned 100% that they was going to imprison these bunch of fools uh, preaching the gospel that was healing folks, blessing folks, saving folks, uh, uh, getting people fired up. They was going to kill them in the morning. Verse 19 shows us something very different. They hadn't put them, I don't think them apostles have been in that old prison house no time at all. Verse 19, it says, But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm glad today that when the church is on a mission and when the church is doing what they're supposed to do, God's going to show up and God's going to show out. Yes, sir. It says in verse 19, The angel of the Lord opened the door, brought them forth, and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Praise the Lord today. They didn't just want to lock them up. They want to lock them up, take care of them in the morning. And when the angel of the Lord came there and let them loose, uh, it doesn't say that they escaped. Do y'all realize that? Uh, Read that scripture. The angel of the Lord opened the door, brought them forth, uh, said, Go stand and speak in the temple. And what does it say in 21? And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early. Praise the Lord. Uh, They did not escape the prison. Y'all realize that? They didn't get let loose from a prison to get away from getting condemned. They didn't get away from the prison that they could be free and do whatever they want to. Hey, today, when they got loose from the prison, when the angel of the Lord showed up and let them out, He said, go preach. Go tell people about Jesus Christ. Go tell them in the temple what they need to hear. Tell them about His life. 
Tell them about what He died for. Uh, tell them about the blessings that you've got. Uh, tell them about a spirit that came in uh, like a mighty rushing wind. Uh, tell them about 3,000 people getting saved. Uh, tell them about the church house and people that love them. I want you to know something this morning. Uh, we don't come to church uh, just to play church. I'm getting sick of playing church. It seems like I've played church almost my whole life. We come and warm up pews. We come and sing a few songs. We get a preacher up to preach a word and we go home. We don't get changed. We don't love the Lord. We don't prophesy. We don't love people. We don't show a Christ to a lost and dying world. We keep it hemmed up in a building and we don't let it out. I'm sick of playing church. Hey, the people this, this right here, hey, when these people was playing church, it was real. They spoke the things that God had told them to do. They did the things that God told them to do. And when hard times come, uh, praise the Lord, uh, the angel of the Lord came and delivered them. That's how it works. Now if you think you're in a hard time and God ain't doing nothing for you, uh, you can have a little pity party, but you probably just need to look in the mirror and realize it's your fault. God will bless His people. He says, Zach, we've done everything we can. No, you ain't. <laughs> I ain't done everything I can. I wondered why more people ain't been saved. I started preaching. And I want you to know something. I did not start preaching to have people tell me good job. I didn't. Now, I, everybody likes to hear good job, but I didn't start doing it to have somebody pat me on the back and say I like that message. I didn't. And I, I hate to offend you if you do. I, I like hearing that, but I ain't the reason I do it. I didn't start preaching to make sure that I had appointments and to go different places and meet new people. But I love to do that too. I didn't start preaching for any other reason than God told me to. And I, did, I ran for about six months to a year. I didn't want to do it. And when I started preaching, I want you to know the first thing I wanted to see. I wanted to see souls saved. I had a fire within me and that it's still there. That I want to see people turn from their wicked ways. I want to see people convicted. I want to see churches get fired up. Uh, and I want to see people exalt Christ the way that He's never been exalted before. Yes, now that's hard to get over the ex exaltation that happens in Acts. But that's what I wanted to see. There is a... One of my, my very first messages I preached was on a little bit. It was on Solomon, but I got over there in the book of Acts when they started praying, and I believe it says that the structure of the roof of the building started to shake. I, I like that. Now, I know that, that, that the Spirit of God is a little different. I know that, that, that it's different from the time that Paul got saved till now. I know that there was a transition and a change, but that's the one I want to feel, and that's the one I feel. I don't understand how lost people can come into the church. I don't go to church to rub elbows. I don't go to church to build up political gain. And I don't come to church to see y'all's faces even though I love you. I come to church to see people saved. I hope that that's our mission. You know what it takes in the church house to have people saved? It takes lost people. I'm glad today. He didn't call me to come and go through all the rigmarole. These old disciples here, apostles, boy, they didn't preach Jesus just to be seen and heard in the temple. They didn't, wasn't there to stir a ruckus. The angel of the Lord told them to go and stand. Verse 21, When they heard it, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. Praise the Lord. 
But we get to this next part. It says, But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the sinners of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. Do y'all realize I can't, I can't almost uh, un- understand probably the uh, embarrassment. Y'all realize they's embarrassed. They got a big old group of the Sanhedrin together, a big old committee is who they were. I don't know how many of them was part of it. But they had sort of a council. I, I imagine them all sitting around. I imagine them, some of them t- probably telling stories to the other ones. Say, did you h- see those people they healed yesterday? Did you, did you hear the gospel? They proclaimed it with this vigor. They, they, they believed in it. They, 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 they went to prison for it, and they didn't cause no trouble. They just went to prison because we put them in there. You don't see them fighting them. They took them to prison and put them in prison. They said, man, life, can you, we're listening to see these people brought forward. They didn't even know they'd been turned loose yet, praise the Lord. And then verse 22, But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. Oh, my goodness. Now, uh, the birds had flew the coop, but the door was still locked. Now, there's a, a lot of people that try to take that angel there, and I know that angel, that word used there can be translated as a, as a messenger. Some people try to explain away and says it was an inside job. Somebody, I came in there and let them loose. Now I know that that word could be translated messenger, but I also know that there's a lot of supernatural things that happen in the book of Acts. All we got to do is turn about seven chapters over and we'll see it again. Peter Stone in prison and people pray and the doors was opened up and he walked right out. You ain't got to go far to find it again. That wasn't no inside job. There wasn't nobody else there. Uh, Praise the Lord. I'm glad that there was supernatural things and I want you to know the Sanhedrin did not like supernatural things. Uh, They tried to say that it wasn't real. Uh, They tried to say that there's no way they could do it. Uh, There was astonishment. They had got out of prison and the doors were locked. Now, this ain't Paul and Silas. Y'all realize that? You know, they got out of prison. Uh, This ain't Peter. This is 12 people. Okay? 11 people, 12 people. This is a big group of men locked up in prison. And they all got out. It doesn't say that one or two of them escaped because they skinny and got through the bars. It says that they all got out and they all went down. Praise the Lord. And it says here, now 24, And then when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted in them whereunto this would grow. I like how that's worded. And I think that Luke wrote that that particular way for us to understand something about this. They locked them up and the high priest was told that they got loose. And the high priest there heard these things and it says, They doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Now, I want you to realize they did not doubt that there was a miracle that happened in the prison. Did y'all realize that? They did not doubt a power of an almighty God. They did not doubt that if they prayed that they had been loosed from prison. They did not doubt any of those things. They doubted one thing. They doubted if they could stop it. 
They doubted they could stop the spread of Christianity. They doubted they could stop the good news of Jesus Christ being portrayed. And I want you to know something today. The government wants to stop the spread of Christianity. The people, the community want to stop the spread of Christianity. You know, when I look at it, I don't know why. I don't know why so many times they want to stop it. We have a teaching of love, of acceptance, of a saving grace, of power from on high, and they want to stop that. So many bad things going on in the world, they want to stop Jesus Christ. You want to offend somebody, just walk around saying Jesus Christ all day long. Boy, that'll offend folks. Now it says here that they didn't concentrate on this miracle. They doubted they'd be able to stop it in verse 25 and 26. It continues to go and says, Then one came and told him, saying, Behold, the men here you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence. Let me read that to you again. Without violence. For they feared the people lest they should have been stoned. Now, they hear where they're at. And that's almost just a slap in the face of the Sanhedrin. They just locked them up the day before. They got them off Solomon's porch. And now they're back. <laughs> got out of prison that they can't explain. And then got out of a place that's guarded with the same guard standing there that was standing there yesterday. Ain't moved a lick. And they're right back in the same spot. And they done planned on killing them that morning. What happens? They come back. God tells them what's going on. They're afraid for their life. They bring them in. And when they had brought them in, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, Saying, Did we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring up this man's blood upon us. Now what they said to them was, We just told you to stop yesterday. We're going to tell you to stop tomorrow. And we're going to tell you to stop the next day if you keep going. And in so many words, the Sanhedrin, uh, I, I believe it was very easily implied that we're going to kill you if you do not stop. I'm going to ask you, church, the church is on a mission today, and if you was told that you was going to die for proclaiming Jesus, would you do it? Would we as a church, would we as a people say, Lord, everything is above you, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Everything is above everything in this world that we follow with you. Lord, we want to serve you. Did we straightly command you? You're going to stop. How many of you have ever been told to stop talking to somebody about Jesus? I tell you what, if you talk very long about Jesus, you'll be told to stop. I've been on uh, elevators before. I've been in hospital rooms. I ain't been told to stop too many times, but I've been had the impression that I don't need to talk about Jesus no more. I'm blessed to work in a place that's full of Christian people, and I, I get to talk about them a lot, but there's a lot of places that ain't full of Christian folk. And sometimes I wonder if there's certain church houses I go to that I shouldn't talk about Jesus and His saving grace. These people, these apostles, they got, less they got let loose. They did as the angel of the Lord commanded. They had been arrested. They'd been brought back to the Sanhedrin. And if you read the rest of this book in the chapter, the Sanhedrin had decided that they was going to kill him if somebody spoke up. Somebody spoke up, old Gamaliel, he spoke up and said, let's not do anything, let's leave these men alone. But before that, I want you to know, know, know something. They was really possibly going to be put to death. 
They had really been on a mission for Christ, saving people, healing people, uh, putting all their resources together for one mission. And when they'd been arrested, Peter and the other apostles, in verse 29, answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God. I'm going to say it again, church. We ought to obey God more than we do men. We ought to obey God's teachings more than we do man's teachings. We ought to obey what this Word says more than textbooks say in a high school or anywhere else, or in a college or in a library or in a newspaper. We ought to obey what God has told us to do beyond any kind of sickness we may face, beyond any kind of persecution we may face. We're going to face hard times. We're going to be persecuted. And we have the first persecution of the church. Y'all realize that? Acts chapter 5 has the first persecution of the church. There was no violence. The people didn't fight against them. But they preached the Word. Do y'all realize that? No matter what happened, they preached the Word. Angel of the Lord came in, led them out of prison. They preached the Word. They got back to Solomon's temple, went on the porch, uh, and they preached the Word. I'm glad today there should be nothing that stops us uh, from proclaiming Jesus. There should be nothing that holds us back from raising holy hands, uh, from saying amens, uh, uh, to crying in an altar. Uh, that We have a mission today, church, and the mission of God is to see people saved. He didn't turn them people loose to feed the hungry. He didn't turn those people loose to heal the sick. He turned those people loose. Uh, he set them free from that prison to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ that His Word may be heard and His Word would save. That's the only reason. He didn't say turn loose and go feed hungry folks. He didn't say go loose and go build your church house somewhere. He didn't turn them loose and say, hey, do this and do that. He said to go and preach. Go to proclaim. Go to raise His name. In a church house today, we have to proclaim the name of Jesus. We have to preach the name of Jesus. And that's it. I done told you, I don't preach for any other reason. I hope won't nobody come to church for any other reason. I want to see souls saved. I want to see souls saved. I want to see people baptized. I want to see people turn from their wicked ways. I want to see a, a community be better because the church exists. I want to see a, a, a people become alive and the church matters to a community because it means something to them. I want to see a people proclaim the name. As they get a verse of some song ready this morning. I'm glad that the church house only exists to proclaim the name of Jesus. I'm glad the church house today is still on a mission. It's still on a mission, church. I know that there's different missions and missionaries and different causes, but the church has a mission. And that's to see people saved. That's to see people turn. That's to see people call upon the name of the Lord. It says with fear and with trembling and to work out your own salvation. Praise the Lord. I'm glad I can't save you. I'm glad I can't pray a prayer for you. But I know that you can. And I know He wants to save you. He says He didn't come just to save a certain folks. He came and died for all. That all could come to repentance. I'm glad the blood of Jesus flowed out and the Spirit of God was poured out in this whole world everywhere. I don't believe it missed nobody. That Spirit is still baptizing us, so Lord, I believe we can find it wherever we want to look. All we got to do is look. 
He wants to save you today. He wants to help you today. The mission of the church is to see lost folks saved. Have we seen it the way we need to? If, you have, if we haven't been seen it the way we need to, hey, we need to be praying. We've got something to pray about. If you're lost today, I'm glad the mission of the church is to see you saved today. I'm glad that the whole purpose that I preach is to see you accept Christ, is to see you cry out to a Lord and say, Save me, Lord. Know that I have sinned and I can't do anything about it but to call upon your name. As we stand and sing, what page you got? Page 157 this morning as we stand.